So, you know, we're, we've been, been in this series, you know, talking about, talking about uh, grace. And, you know, we're, I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about this series and, and series like this is, is I really do think it gives us a, it helps us see who God is. You know, that's the, the, one of the things that excites me the most is, is just seeing how much God loves us. You know, that, that first week in the series, we were talking about how kind of that, the, the biggest, really the, like that biggest gift of grace that God has given us is, is the opportunity to be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. You know, and, and then to find out kind of later on that, that God's grace doesn't stop there. You know, God's, God's grace is, is, is a continual thing that we experience throughout our life and, and that we even live with as we, as we pursue him. And as we're growing in our relationship, that it's, it's God's grace that is transforming us, right? God's grace that is, is with us every single day as we're living this life, and sometimes a challenging life, right? And then, you know, last week, how we talked about that, uh, that the grace that we're receiving from God, right, it's the same kind of grace that, that we're supposed to be sharing with the people around us. Talk about challenging, Right? I mean, I think sometimes showing grace to people in our homes is sometimes the most, the most difficult thing. And, and I want to kind of continue on that same idea today about, about grace, but, but not talking about necessarily the grace that we should be sharing with the people right next to us, but the grace that we should be sharing with people that, that uh, aren't in the church, right? Maybe the, the grace that we should be sharing with people that, that don't believe in God, and, and even the, the grace that we should be sharing with the people that are kind of abrasive to us because of our belief in God. You know, and, and throughout this whole series, we've kind of started each one off with, with a definition of grace. And I want to go ahead and, and share that, that definition again. And it's this, is grace is the quality of God's character by which he helps us and blesses us with good gifts without requiring anything in return. You know, a, a good reminder that, that all the, this grace that we're experiencing from God, we didn't earn it, right? We didn't deserve it. Um, I mean, we've offended God many times. You know, we've turned our back on God many times, but yet he's still gracious to us, right? Still gracious to us. Just a, a beautiful, beautiful gift. Now, when we talk about... Um, you know, being gracious to, to people uh, who are outside of the church. Do you realize that not everybody has kind of a favorable opinion about Christians? You know, there was a, there was a research study that was done, and uh, um, it, it said that, you know, out of however many people they, they interviewed or they questioned, 47% of the, the non-Christians, right, the, the, the non-believers had a negative opinion about Christians, right? Now, now I know that, that surveys are, you know, I mean, it depends how you ask the question. There's a certain amount of, you know, error within the survey, you know, and, and depending on, on who got the question asked, whether maybe they didn't have a good breakfast that morning. You know, and that affected the way that they responded. But I, I think it's important that, that just the idea that there's people out there 
that have a negative opinion about Christians, you know, um, is, is something that we can't ignore, right? I, I mean, sure, we say that, I mean, I, you know, and maybe in your mind, I think we, we might be like in two camps, right? We're either kind of on the side, we're like, yeah, I've, I've met some Christians that, uh, that I, I don't necessarily like. I, th- I think they're a little bit judgmental, you know? They, they don't really, you know, they, they kind of, uh, you know, always just want to tell me what I'm doing wrong or, or uh, they just don't, like, they treat me different because I don't agree with their, their, their opinions or their ideas. You know, maybe we've, you know, some of us have, have kind of felt that, you know? Or we're on the other side where we're thinking, oh, gosh, man, this is just another poll from a, a group of people that, you know, the Bible says that, that the world is not going to like us, right? The world didn't like Jesus. The world's not going to like us, you know, so let's, let's just ignore it. Now, 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 part of that might be true, right? There's, there's always going to be people that don't care for, for Christians. There's always going to be people that don't care for, for what we believe and, and don't share our, our faith, our belief in God. But I think it would be an error to ignore the fact that, that some people have a negative opinion about us. You know, so, so think about this. And, and this is why I think it's important, okay? In, um, in Colossians chapter 1, we're told, that, we're told that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? And, and what that means is that, is that Jesus, not only does it mean that Jesus is God, right? But what it meant is that, is that Jesus embodied the, the, the entire um, character of God, right? So when, when Jesus interacted with people, when Jesus spoke with people, people were experiencing the character of God, right? When, when, when Jesus interacted the way he treated people, people were experiencing the character of God and getting to know God. Now, when you continue to read throughout the New Testament, all of a sudden there's this theme that's, that's talking about Christians, right? All of a sudden, you know, Paul starts talking about Christians being the body of Christ, you know, individual members making up one body, right? The, the body of Christ, the, the followers of Jesus, the church. And, and so we've got this theme that the church, you know, Jesus is, is ascended in heaven, and it's the church here on earth, and, and we are the body of Christ. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, right? It doesn't mean that we're gods ourselves, but what it means is that we represent God here on earth. God desires to use us to show people that he exists, to show people that he's a, a loving and a gracious God. And so if, if people are getting the impression from their interaction with us that we're, that we're negative, that we're judgmental, you know, that we're, uh, um, you know, that we're intolerant, you know, all these different things are people seeing who God is through us. I don't think so. I don't think so. That's, that's why I think it's, it's important that we just don't ignore what people think of us because it's important. And this is also why it's kind of our, our first point this morning is that it's important for us to speak with grace to those who don't know God. You see, the Bible is clear. We're supposed to share our faith, right? We're, we're supposed to share the, the hope that we have in Jesus. We're supposed to, to share how Jesus has transformed our lives. 
But the Bible is also clear in how we're supposed to share that. How we're supposed to share that truth. Look, look what it says in Colossians chapter 4. It says, Paul says this, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So, so Paul is saying, you know, hey, we've got good news to share, right? So share that good news, but share it wisely. And then he, he follows that up and he kind of gives us two ways to, to wisely share that good news, right? He says, your words should be gracious, right? Your words should be truthful, they should be loving, sincere. I mean, in, in a way to kind of sum it up is that your words should be helpful and not harmful. He also says that our words should be attractive, right? The, the word there used for attractive carries the idea of being seasoned with salt, right? Now, my mom was born in Canada and, and lived most of her life in Canada. My dad uh, grew up in Louisiana, right? Now, there's two different cultures, right, and two different ways of cooking from what I've experienced, right? Now, my mom... You know, God bless her soul, she cooked six days out of the week, right, for a big family, a family of eight, six days out of the week. We always had a meal on the table, right? But, but she had a specific way of cooking that, that she was kind of accustomed to, right? Now, on Sundays would be dad's turn to cook. And I tell you, it, it would be kind of exciting, right? Because my dad, he loved seasoned salt, right? You know, that little orange seasoning, Seasoned salt, man, he loved it. I mean, he could turn a, a, a pot of, of leftover noodles with some, you know, bouillon or whatever that cube is you throw in there and some seasoning salt and some hot dogs, and it was flavorful, right? Because he liked seasoning salt. He liked to season his food, right? And, and this is kind of the idea behind this about our words being attractive is, is our words should taste good. Right, The way that we're sharing the hope that we have in, in Jesus, our, our relationship with God, it should taste good. It should taste good. But, but I want you to understand that, you know, although we want it to taste good, we're not talking about watering down the truth, right? We're not talking, talking about uh, saying things that just tickle people's ears so that they feel good about what we're saying. We're not talking about that at all. Right? I mean, again, the truth is, some people, no matter how attractive, right, no matter how good the things that we're saying are, no, no matter how, how gracious we're sharing our experiences and our relationship with God, some people just are not going to receive it. Right? Some people are not going to receive it. But that doesn't mean that the way that we share it isn't important. Well, here, here's another verse that talks about the importance of the way that we share Right? If someone asks about the hope, ask about your hope as believers. Always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Right? Always be ready. Again, always be ready to share that hope that you have. Right? Always be ready, but do it in a way that's gentle and respectful. Do it in a way that's gracious and attractive. You know, when we, when we slam other people's beliefs, right? 
when we, when we, when we slam uh, ideas that other people hold dear, right? No, no matter how silly they sound to us, right? No, no matter how ridiculous you might think somebody's idea is or their belief, if you slam it, right, if, if you're slamming it, how receptive are they going to be to you? Right? They're more, they're more offended than attracted. You see, we can't say that our, our words are, are gracious um, and attractive if we're beating somebody up with the truth. You see, you might be right, but if you're giving them a fat lip, he, he's going to have difficulty believing that you're right. See, when our attempts to share God's truth end up looking like protesting against people, I got a feeling that we're really not pointing people towards Jesus Christ. Again, we're not talking about compromising God's truth, right? We don't want to compromise God's truth. We're just acknowledging um, that we can't win people to a message of grace that's all about grace and, and how grace has transformed our lives if we're not gracious when we do it. See, when we're not gentle and respectful, people's hearts become closed to our message. You know, I think about, you know, it's been a while since I've been down to, to Temple Square, but I remember there would be folks that would post up on the corner with big, big ugly signs, and, and they just care, have this demeanor, and they're just shouting at people, right? And typically what you see is people walking around them. They're saying a lot of words, you know? Some of them might be true. I don't know. They're saying a lot of words, but it doesn't look like anybody's in a place to even listen. I mean, it's kind of like, like saying that, that going to somebody and saying, man, look at the way you're living is going, you're going to hell, right? You're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. You're going to hell. And let me, I'm going to light your jacket on fire so you can experience some of the flame that you're about to experience, right? Now, look, you might be right, but I got a feeling he's not going to hear you. See, our words end up losing credibility when we lose, when we don't share these words with grace, and the end result is uh, the good news that we're trying to share doesn't sound like good news at all. You know, you see, sharing God's truth, um, we're representing Jesus Christ, right? We're representing God here on earth. We don't have to win arguments. That's not what it's about. It's just about sharing God's truth and grace. We're not trying to win arguments. We're not trying to change people's behavior, right? We're not trying to do that. And, and that actually, that's kind of our second point is, is treat people with grace even if they don't follow God, right? I mean, because think about this, right? People are offensive. I mean, that's the truth. People can be offensive. I, I'm, I'm sure we've all been offended. And what happens if, if you're like me, when we get offended, what do we want to do? Well, I want to get back at that person, to be honest with you. 
right? When somebody's driving, when I'm driving down the street and somebody flips me off, I want to flip them back, right? I want to flip them off too, right? Or I just want to wave at them, right? <laughs> but look at what am I waving at them for? I'm not waving at them because I, I'm saying I'm sorry and I hope that they have a good day. I'm trying to irritate them more. I want them to be so frustrated that they didn't bother me, right? But this isn't how God wants us to respond when, 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 when people are kind of getting aggressive towards us when we're sharing our faith, right? When people kind of don't like what we stand for and are treating us poorly. This isn't how God wants us to respond. This is what, what Jesus taught about how we should respond to people that are kind of aggressive against us or uh, angry against us or don't like us. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives, gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. You see, this is an, another picture of, of the grace and love of God that even to the people that reject him, right, even to the people that, that worship other gods, even to the, the people that, you know, that, that hate him, he's gracious, right? He, he says that I'm giving them rain, the just and the unjust. I'm giving them food. God is gracious to people. There's no strings attached. And the reason why Jesus is teaching this is because he wants his followers Right? He wants the Christians, he wants people who are representing Jesus Christ here on earth to have the same attitude, right? to be gracious even to the people that oppose them, to be gracious even to the people that persecute them. And, and, and look what he says. What does he say? He says that when we do this, right, when we're gracious, what are we doing? We're showing people the heart and the character of God. The heart and the character of God that, that we want them to be in relationship with. The heart and the character of God that has is, that is transformed our lives. Right? That hope that we want to share. But here's the question. Why aren't Christians known for being gracious. Now, yeah, there's, there's people, there are Christians who I think have a reputation in America for being gracious in our, in, our, in our history as well. But as a whole, I don't believe that the Christian church, right, individual members of the body of Christ, believers, are known for being gracious. Why is that? Why is that? I think it's because we've forgotten our role. As a church, I think we've forgotten our role. The way that, that we're supposed to interact with people that, that don't believe in God. You see, some, some reason and somewhere we've got this, this bad idea that we're supposed to somehow correct all the evils in the world. Like we're supposed to be some kind of a, some kind of a superhero, right? That we're going to swoop in and we're going to get rid of all this evil. That's not our role. 
That's not our, that's not our place. You see, and when we start trying to do this, that's when we begin to, to, to tell people that they're living wrong. Right? That, that's when we begin to tell people that their values are wrong. We start telling people that, that their way of thinking is wrong, their, their political opinion or their political views are wrong. Right? And then when we kind of hit a little bit of resistance, you know, people don't like being told that they're wrong. Get a little bit of resistance to that, you know, because we're right. We get defensive, we get uh, aggressive, we get unloving. And nobody ends up seeing God's grace, right? Nobody ends up seeing this grace that we're supposed to be sharing with the world. See, God never asked us to correct people, God never asked us to be the correctors of the evil in the world. I mean, think, think, I'm going to share this, this, this kind of this story in, uh, in Matthew. And it's a story about Jesus, right? And, and kind of how Jesus lived his life when he was on earth. It says, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other, other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call, to call not on those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So, I mean, there's a lot in this, right? But, but think about who Jesus is eating with, right? I mean, he's eating with tax collectors, right? I mean, these guys are thieves, right? They're, they're extorting people. They're, they're stealing money, right? They're, they're thieves, prostitutes, and, and other kind of disreputable people, right? Sinners, Jesus is down there eating with them. Now, we know that Jesus doesn't agree with everything that they do in their life, right? We know that Jesus is not condoning their behavior, condoning their decisions. And you know what I mean? Jesus is not doing that, but yet Jesus is sitting there having dinner with them, fellowshipping with them, sharing who God is. But he's not there breaking them down, telling them that, you know, that every decision that they've made in their life and, and they better go off and get a new occupation. And then who else do you have in the story? You got the Pharisees, right? And these Pharisees are, are the people that, that God, they're in a position that they're supposed to be helping people pursue God, right? These are the guys that are supposed to be helping people understand who God is and, and come to a relationship with him. And what are they doing? They're disgusted by the way that these folks are living because they say it isn't right, right? They're saying that those guys, man, they got to change something before that they can get to know God, right? They're more concerned about these people following some religious rules and living a certain way before they're even willing to share who God is with them. They're more concerned about the way they're living than whether or not they have a relationship with God. 
And Jesus tells the Pharisees, go and learn what God desires. Right? Go and learn what God desires of you. Go and learn how God wants you to interact with people that don't know me. Not with rules and all these regulations, but with grace. I mean, I think this should be a reminder for us of, of what our role is with people who are outside of the church. It's not to correct their behavior. It's to share the hope that we have in a gracious way. You see, it's the Holy Spirit's job to change people's lives, not ours. Look what it says in John 16. And when he comes, he will convince the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. See, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus telling his disciples that, that the Holy Spirit is going to come to earth Right? The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to convict people of their sin. Not us. The Holy Spirit convinces people of their need for Jesus. Not us. We just share Him. The Holy Spirit transforms people's lives from the inside out. Not us. Our role is to share the hope that we have in a gracious way. Speaking with grace to those who don't know God and treating people with grace even if they don't follow God. You see, maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you're just exploring what, what Jesus is all about. You know, maybe, maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian. And, and I, you know, I just want to say that we don't always get things right. We, we don't. Sometimes we, we get offended a little too easy. You know, we get, we get frustrated and we, you know, maybe sometimes we, uh, you know, we take on a role that wasn't given to us. And for that, I'm sorry. But what I want you to know is that the God that we want you to know is a gracious God. The God that, that we want you to know is, is a loving God, a God that, that loved you so much that he gave his life. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you could be in a relationship with God. And you can start that relationship today. I'm sure Eric will have leaders up front that would love to talk with you. I mean, you can, you can even do it in your seat, surrendering, believing that Jesus is who he said he is, your Savior, and that he did everything that was required for you to have a relationship with God when you put your trust in him. A gift of grace. That'll change your life forever. For those of us that, that are Christians, maybe we've made some mistakes in trying to correct the evils of this world rather than just sharing who God is. Listen, we don't have to convince people. 
Just share what God has done in your life. Share what he means to you with other people. And let God, let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. And watch how God transforms the lives of people around you. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we exalt you. And Lord, we, we give you praise, Father, that, um, that you would love a people like us, a people with many faults, a people that make many mistakes, but yet you cast our sins as far as the east is to the west. You love us and you, you, you bring us into a relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you. And Father, I pray that you would just empower us with your spirit as we leave from here today, Lord, that we would, that we would share the hope that we have in you and allow you to do the rest of the work. In the name of Jesus.